Welcome to the Love is Viral show. I'm your host, Jeanette Schneider, the founder and CEO of Live Media and the creator of the Live Pocket Coach on the Apple App Store. Our premise at Live is simple. A healthier you today leads to a healthier world tomorrow. Our guests include neuroscientists, therapists, professors, coaches, authors, yogis, speakers, entrepreneurs, and those who believe that a bigger, better life can be found at the intersection of mindfulness and science. Join me as we nerd out with a little bit of soul. The Love is Viral show is a live media production. Annie and Prima Martin believes the way to mastery as an empath is to switch our empathic valve to one of transmission. Annie helps her clients understand the power of the mind by showing them that by using words and thoughts, they can manipulate the hormones in their body. Annie is a mom, army veteran, certified spiritual empowerment coach, and startup investor. In this episode, we discuss how to identify and manage what we feel in our body as an empath, the vibration of words and our feelings, the power of our mind and its connection to what we feel in our body, how overcoming trauma can be viewed as a lesson in order to assist others in moving through a similar experience, and how we can move out of a state of chaos into one of clarity. Annie served in the Nevada Army National Guard. She was deployed to Kuwait in 2016, traveling to cities in Jordan, Iraq, and Qatar during her deployment. At the time, she served as finance support operations for the 17th Sustainment Brigade. She was responsible for money as a commodity on the battlefield, conducting vault audits on U.S. and foreign currency at installations throughout the Middle East. She has a master's degree in metaphysical humanistic science and a bachelor's in business administration. She holds multiple certificates in various categories of coaching, but her true calling is in metaphysical empowerment coaching. Her spiritual gifts, high intuition and the ability to intensify strengths and weaknesses in others began developing during her deployment. It has become a mission of hers to work with entrepreneurs and business professionals in her community to facilitate their awakening into their own mind, body, soul, strengths, abilities, and life purpose through her coaching and consulting company, One and Prima. Let's dig in. Hi, this is Jeanette Schneider with Love is Viral, and I am here with Annie and Prima Martin. Thank you for joining me today. My pleasure. We are meeting at an unfortunate time in, in our history um, when there is so much pain and, and suffering going on. And um, I know that you specifically work with and talk to and support empaths, and that's a conversation or a subject that's always been interesting to me. I'm an empath. I have people within my life that are empaths. We've learned how to manage, right? Um, but at this point in time when there's so much suffering and so much pain, I would love for us to dig a little bit deeper into what it means to be an empath, what that gift could bring you if harnessed correctly, and how to help those who are feeling collective pain right now, um, moving that forward, because that's a very real thing. Um, there are so many people who are feeling such deep pain, but don't know where theirs ends and someone else's begins. Yeah. And so I was hoping we could dig into this. And first, I, I was hoping that like you could kind of break down for us what you feel the definition of an empath is. So an empath, if we were to think about a volume dial, some people are a two on a 10. And some people, they're, we can say a gift or we can say they're just, their they're being is a 10. So the, the volume, if, if we were to convert volume to feeling, their feeling sensory is a 10. Mm -hmm. And they're feeling 
everything. And so just like some people have really sharp vision and my hearing on an audiology report, I'm zeros and fives where my counterparts might be 100, 200. When we were in the military, I'd get zeros and fives. I could hear something in a cafeteria. I can hone in three, four tables away, right? So if we relate that to energy and feeling, there are people who can feel Mm -hmm. in a very sharp way. But if we don't understand how to use that that dial, now we're feeling everything. Yeah. And that can be incredibly overwhelming until it's mastered. Talk to me a little bit about mastery because I know, um, you know, and I shared with you prior to us getting started, um, I'm empathic. So I, I know that when I snap at someone mm-hmm. for no reason, um, it typically is because I'm I'm processing or feeling larger emotions that have nothing to do with me or the situation at hand. So I've learned how to be like, whoa, 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 that's not, that's not me. Right. And I can, I can pick up those things and I, I know those things. And I remember as a kid crying and my parents, like, we don't like, what are you crying about? And I'm like, everything, <laughs> all of the things. And my sister was like, you never have one thing. And I'm like, because it's everything. And it would take me a while to figure out and zero in on, I'm upset about this issue, but is this issue that big? Right. And I didn't have the words or terminology for it till much later. And now I'm raising a child who is highly sensitive and who through the COVID pandemic and now through what's happening in the riots um, and protests, she said to me, mommy, I am so sad all the time. I can't stop crying and I don't know why. And there's so many people that have said the same thing, but like, how do you, if you're an enlightened parent, maybe you start providing, but like language or, or tools, there's so many adults who don't know how to manage this. So like, where do we start? When I'm working with coaching clients, I start with Dr. Hawkins map of consciousness and we do a little exercise. So joy vibrates at 540 emotional Hertz and shame is at 20 emotional Hertz. So there's a chart. And what I, what I, teach in the initial session with, if I recognize that someone's a strong empath is if you have the capacity to absorb everything as a sponge, we can, we flip that valve and we transmit instead of receive. Mm -hmm. So if everything's coming in, coming in, coming in, right. We don't have the capacity to handle all of that, but what we can do is recognize that we have that tunnel and instead of receiving, let's transmit. Mm -hmm. Right. And we can see this Uh, that was very effective in the Maharishi effect where the meditation and the intention raised the vibration of the city. So in with the Maharishi effect, they brought 10% of the population monks came into a town, into a city. And the intent was to raise, raise the city up and reduce crime rate. And they found that it was effective by thoughts, thoughts were matter. So with someone who's empathic and Uh, they're receiving everything. Now let's start to recognize how words impact, how thoughts and words impact our body first. Mm -hmm. So if we were to spend one minute, just one minute focusing on the word love, our body would start to elevate. The endorphins would would release. And then we do a practice where we spend one minute thinking about the word shame. Mm -hmm. And you can feel the body constrict in. You can Mm -hmm. feel it uh, almost in this, this, invisibility, like how, how small can we shrink with shame? Mm -hmm. 
And when we think of love and joy and peace, they expand. Mm -hmm. So knowing that, can we then counter what we're receiving with a higher vibration word? Mm -hmm. Right. So like a simple math equation is if we vibrate or if someone's vibrating at 50, a word at 50. So let's say, um, or anger, grief, they're in that zone and someone's vibrating with joy. The more the two spend together will equal, it'll be 50 plus let's say 550 and we'll Mm -hmm. get the middle. Mm -hmm. So uh, with small, short, small exercises, we can show how we can alter what we're receiving so that we can at least better the situation rather than absorb the situation. Mm -hmm. With um, so with my daughter, one of the things that I shared with her was because I think that's a little bit, that's a harder concept for her it to is. understand. It and is. she's like, "Mommy, I don't know how to not feel these things." So yeah. what we talked about was having an emotion journal. So yeah. as she's feeling feelings, whether it's joy or sadness, she can write them down because she has moments of pure, unbridled joy and happiness and joking and laughing and things like that. So we're like, "Okay, well, let's write them down and let's talk about what what, what caused that." How did it feel? How did it involve or affect the people around you? Like, did everyone else start laughing when you told the silly joke, when you're happy and bouncing around the house, but then when you were feeling the sadness, what happened right before that? Um, what What was the inciting incident that made you feel that way? And I think if we can get, especially with little people, yeah, yeah. Their words on paper or outside of them so they can start actually organizing some of these concepts instead of feeling them so deeply to almost kind of pull it out of them a little bit. That's, this is a guess. This is me guessing at what to do as, as a parent. But then I want to give you a very, a very specific example. I was at a um, attorney Robbins event mm-hmm. and he has a, a exercise. I want to say it's at the end of the first night and he has everyone feel their greatest pain. I don't know if you've heard about this, no, but I, I, I can see, I knowing energy, I can see what. It was terrible. So you have 12,000 people around you yeah. and he's like, he walks you through. What if in five years, the worst thing that could ever happen happens? What if in 10 years, the worst thing that you've imagined in your life and that you're trying to avoid actually happens? And he's like, I want you to, I want you to speak it. I want you to cry it. And I the amount of emotion that people felt and we were on a joint Facebook group, everyone there was in a joint Facebook group. And later on people were like, I was praying for the covering of God at that point. Like I was like (laughs) empath sound off. How you doing? Because there was so much grief and pain and anguish and people literally would start bawling because the idea of some of these things happening. And I think those of us who are empathic immediately was like, I won't feel, I refuse to feel, I'm staying in this space. Some people left. Um, some people were so overwhelmed that they got sick. Yeah. Um, and he did it on purpose. But it was a very real exercise to show you how people take on other people's emotions and, and what they can do. And then, of course, he has you go through these visualizations and you take it out and you make it small and you imagine this terrible thing and you turn it into the size of a stamp and then like you flick it or whatever. Yeah. And you're doing all this neuro-linguistic programming. Yeah, I was going to say, it sounds very NLP. Yeah, you're doing all this therapy to like work yourself. And then all of a sudden everyone's like calming down and like, okay, if I imagine it small and, and it's just, it's, in, it's insane to see it actually play out at that mass level 
where there's all this emotion happening and you end up feeling like you've had a breakthrough, but then there's some of us who are like, I could sleep for now 18 hours. Um, and I'm just, I feel like there's so many people who do take on other people's emotions, but they just don't know the words for it. Yeah. And they don't know how to, how to it's like a sponge it. mm -hmm. absorbing. Yeah. What do you, so when, when you have, um, an empath who wants to come into their gifts, what does that conversation look like? Look like? How can they use them for good? First, I show them how it works. Because thoughts, going back to what Tony Robbins did, was the worst case scenario didn't occur. It was us thinking of it occurring. Right. The reality was still safe. Right. It was how powerful our mind is. So with, with, with my clients that are empaths, I first show them how to use energy, how to move energy in the body, because it's really about thoughts and words. Mm -hmm. Our mind is so powerful. Our mind is its own solar system, mm -hmm. if we understand that. And by using words and thoughts, I can show someone how they can manipulate hormones in their own body. Mm -hmm. You feel joy, you're going to start emitting those hormones. And those hormones are natural antidepressants, the, the oxytocin, the serotonin. Mm -hmm. And so when we, when we understand that our, our body and our mind are truly linked and the body keeps score, then we have, now we have something to work with. And so when, when people recognize that their energy is power, more powerful than they recognize, mm -hmm. now I can start going into what the life purpose is. Why would you be given this gift? Or why would you, you know, for those that are religious and, and it's a gift from God, why would God give you a gift if you weren't meant to do something with it? Mm -hmm. Or let's just say that they're, they're um, agnostic or atheist and non-religious. You have something, what are you going to do with it? Mm -hmm. If someone is really, really, really great at playing basketball and they have the features of a professional basketball player, why would they not take that chance? So why as humans would we not take our gift and do something good with it. Mm -hmm. I, I love that because instead of looking at it as a, a curse, and sometimes we refer to even in the self-development world, it's like, oh, my gift is this, because we know the pain that comes with it, right? You know yeah. that like I have this gift, but it's painful. But at the same time, once you get to a place where you really kind of understand that mind over matter, you really get to a place of, of being able to harness it. And I've been fascinated with lately the intersection of mindfulness and neurobiology and how, yes, it's insane. And how you can truly use words and like little hacks and tools that are, are simple in theory, but maybe more difficult in practice to actually move out of those fear states, right? And to move into that prefrontal cortex and the endocrine system and start allowing those feel-good hormones to come through and wash through your body. We just, unfortunately, I think we have a tendency to want to stay in that fear state and try to understand it instead of- Like, why would we want to swim in that? No. And I think it's, it's one of the other things that I'm kind of playing with now too, is like, I wrote a book on healing your past and really understanding your trauma and working through it. But what I understood after a course of time was I'm good. I don't need to live in that story anymore, but there's so many people who will tell their story and they say it so much that it becomes part of their identity. And That's then the vibration they resonate at then. 
it and they can't, it. they can't pass it, right? They can't pass it. It's just, it's who they are. And I also think sometimes that we use that pain almost as like conversation hooks. Yeah. Like we don't feel like we can truly become who we are or take up space in a room if we don't tell you that we've struggled to get into that room. And I'm like, I want to challenge that idea. I want to challenge that idea that you've had to overcome something to be valuable. Um, and maybe like, yeah, I went through some stuff. I don't need to talk about it anymore. And how do we use these? And for me, I guess one of my questions for you is it gratitude statements? Like what little tools and tricks do you work with your clients on to say, hey, let's start actually moving into your endocrine system. Let's start actually, and you can refer to it as, and, and I've talked to hypnotherapists and I've talked to energy workers and I've talked to neuroscientists and it's all kind of like, you can call it different things, yeah. but it all in some way affects your brain. So yeah. what, do you, what do you do to help people? I, um, I, the terminology that I use frequently, because it was what I used to get through my own stories, is I, everything, if I see everything as a lesson, so like if we were to go to medical school, there may be a class that just sucks, mm -hmm. but, and it, and it may not have gotten the 4.0 in that particular class, but it was necessary for the end result. So a lot of the folks that have gone through trauma needed that experience. Mm -hmm. They needed to see it and feel it and be in it long enough to be able to teach someone how to move through it. And I, I have clients that had just horrific, I have some clients, not all of my clients, but some, some of my clients had horrific childhoods, horrific. And it's the point where we realize that that spiritual awakening or that gift, depending on if it's a spiritual, religious, or um, scientific mindset, that experience, without that experience, the calling would not exist. Mm. It, they, one goes with the other. You cannot, you cannot, when we look at some of the greatest people that have made the greatest impact in history, it was their trauma that propelled them to make the changes that, that, prevented those that haven't crossed the bridge yet from having to go through that same storyline. Mm -hmm. So once we take that trauma and we recognize it as a lesson, a very difficult, very painful, very long lesson, mm -hmm. how we understand that the calling is probably directly linked to those experiences. Not only is Live Like a Life Coach in your pocket, but we have coaches in 3D as well. With our most recent upgrade, you can sign up for one-on-one -on -one coaching with a person on the phone who will hold you down, hold you accountable, and offer you perspective as you build your big, bad, beautiful new life. Apple users can sign up for our Premium Plus plan through the app or check out our next level and mastery options at loveisviral.com forward slash coaching. Android users, we haven't forgotten about you. Live Coaching is available to you as well. Just reach out to us at dearlive at loveisviral.com and we'll fill you in on all the ways Live can create with you. Live Pocket Coach, welcome to your life. I, I appreciate that. And I think sometimes, this is one of the things that I struggled with when I was writing my book because I had some women who had experienced trauma that I will never be able to touch right? Deep trauma. So I was like, it's not, I can't say it's, it's very hard to say, well, do you consider it a lesson? Cause they were like, no, I didn't ask. And they right, were still yeah. so angry. Right. And I do think 
but what I will say about every single one of them is that they're activists and advocates yeah. and that they have used that pain and they've used that trauma to help others, even though they don't want to believe that they needed it. Right. And so that begs the next question. Is it possible for us as human beings to say, rather than looking at our past from an, a lens of pain, could we find a way to detach and look at it from a place of observation? Could we take our emotions out of it just for just for a practice, right? And look at it and say, that happened now. How do I short circuit? That doesn't mean that you're not going to have moments of pain or anguish. That doesn't mean that you're not going to have nightmares, at, you know, or a layer of grief that pops back up in your life. Like I'm human experience is so layered and so messy. Like, I don't think that there's ever one straight shot, like this is the way to do it. But one of the things that I'm wondering is, could we get to a place where we take the emotion out and from a detached observational perspective, say, okay, this happened. And how do I rewire my brain or my thoughts to stop putting me back into a cycle of pain, to stop ruminating over it, to stop thinking about it over again, or to stop identifying with it. But that to me require, I think, I think, and I'm just putting this out there to you, requires an amount of awareness that is next level. You'd be surprised how much, how much someone can move in an hour session. Mm. If, if we continue in a five-minute block to bring that back, bring it back, bring it back, I, I can, I'll can. watch someone's energy, or I can feel it really, the energy just increase mm -hmm. in acknowledging the path, the journey. And it, I know it's not like in an interview, it sounds like that doesn't sound possible, but, but the human brain is capable of more than we understand. I think that that's so valuable because I was talking to a couple of other therapists and they were explaining to me, like, um, you can work with someone's mindset. We're not talking about like esoteric. We're talking about like your brain conditioning and, and rewiring your neural pathways. And in, they said, it's like sometimes two sessions, we can understand the trauma that caused it and start to create these. Okay. So what's the language we're going to use when this pops up? What can you say to yourself to start recognizing, ooh, that's a crappy thought. Let me replace it with this thought. And every time it comes up, I'm going to continue to replace it. And that it takes an average of 66 days to create a new, healthier neural pathway. And I was like, that's, that's amazing. And I could understand why people would shift in a short period of time because they want it so bad. I think that by the time someone comes and says, help me, they're probably like, I remember I went through a really nasty divorce and I was going through, I had been, um, I'd gone through some messy stuff that had to do with sexual harassment in the workplace and things like that. And I remember I had no idea where my help was going to come from. One of my girlfriends knew a healer and I called her and I didn't even know what, what herb it was. I was like, I need your friend to come burn my house down with like basil or oregano or sage or whatever she has. I need her to come just burn it down. And she's like, what is happening? I'm like, I'm going through something and I will do anything at this point. And so sometimes I think people get to the point to where they're like, I got to make a change. So you tell me what to do. If I can make my brain stop feeling this or my heart stop feeling this or my soul stop feeling this, what is that thing? And I think that that's a really beautiful place to, to grow from. Yeah. 
I use the analogy in, in, in everything I do of the vessel. So our, the totality of our whole is a vehicle. And typically the mind is the driver, the soul is the front passenger, and the body is the child strapped in the booster seat in the back. Hmm. The child doesn't get to choose what the radio station song, what songs playing on the radio, where they're going to stop to eat, when they're going to stop for breaks. The child is just in it for the ride and has to surrender to the other two in their voting. The mind, when there's an ego, shuts out the soul and just ignores the, the passenger in the front. When we can swap those two out, that's a very powerful thing. Swap the soul into the driver's seat and move the amygdala aside. Mm. Bring the mind over to the passenger seat and let the soul move. And I'll and I in a coaching session, I would do some um, some truth tests. Let's do some truth tests, and we awaken the energy because the soul has the soul, the essence, depending on the belief, spirit source, has its own knowing. There's a consciousness in our whole body. There's consciousness in our toe. Every mo every cell has its own consciousness. And we can see that when we do curling photography on someone who has had an amputated limb, the, the energy is still there. Just because the physical piece isn't, the energy didn't get amputated. It's a part of the whole essence. And when someone receives an, a donated organ is the recipient and that let's say the donor was a marathon runner and now the person wants to, has these desires to run, run, run. There's consciousness in, in our whole body. I just got goosebumps. Right? <laughs> Give me goosebumps. So now when we swap the soul for them and we move the mind over, the soul sees the whole picture. The mind is like the headquarters that only sees what gets up sent up to the C-suite, to the executive level. And so when we start giving recognition to the departments, the lower limb departments, the organ departments, the abdominal departments, when we give those those areas awareness. Now the child in the back seat is the one participating in the GPS navigation, right? Now the soul is driving and saying, we, it speaks in we, the mind speaks in I. Mm -hmm. So if we, when we swap those two out and let the soul drive, now we're changing the experience. I love that for, so for someone, this is the question that I have though, because sometimes some of these concepts seems really, seem really hard to get into, right? Yeah. Like it seems really hard if you're first coming to um, a place of awakening or yeah. you just want things to be different because your life is just not working. And if you were to say, Hey, put your soul in charge. What does that look like? What is that? What's that action? What do you have to do? What's the thought? What's the, the practice that makes that happen? Okay, so as an empath, can we can we do some exercises on this? Sure. Okay, so state just state your name as if it it's a legal statement. Like my name is. My name is Jeanette Schneider. So now feel your body as you say it. Say it two more times. Okay. My name is Jeanette Schneider. My name is Jeanette Schneider. Now give me something you love. What is something you love? My an daughter. experience, a food. Could be a person. It's my daughter. It's my daughter. Yeah. So now, now say, I love my daughter. I love my daughter. And feel how your body responds to that. That's a truth. Yeah. Now, what is something you hate? And it can, it can be a food, a place, a person. A... Um, hate. It's so funny. The first thing that came to mind is all of the all of what's happening right now. All of the disparity between race and and all of the fighting. Like, so now makes me angry. 
and and so long as no one like chops this up <laughs> to be a truth state it as if you love it i love racial disparity and and fear-based polarization oh i can't i can't right? even say it because out loud it's like like your body your body does not want it no but you we in just having a conversation of the drivers and the passenger in the back, we awaken the mind to recognize that there are three attributes of the whole. Mm-hmm. There's really four, but we're going to talk about three. So there's something yeah. within me that rejects it. Right. That's not necessarily the mind that could do the activity or the body that's just here, but my soul legitimately was like, I refuse to say that because it is so repulsive. It's so not true. Right. So when we start to recognize how our thinking, our rules and our patterns that our body has been trying to tell us that that's not the truth, but the mind is saying, no, 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 like we deserve to be in suffering. We deserve to. And the body's like, no, no. And it, and it gets so frustrated that those emotions and the rejection of not being heard manifest into physical ailments. Mm. So you know, in just four minutes, we can recognize now we know what, now we know how to talk to our body to say, is this in my best interest? Mm -hmm. Is this really in alignment with my true North? I love that. I'm playing with this idea and I've been writing about it. Um, the idea that we have to have like a, a a desired internal state, Mm -hmm. right. And that's kind of what we just did, right. My desired internal state is one of love and peace and understanding and thought and the things that I refuse become, I become more aware of them as I dig deeper into that. Here's kind of my internal vision, like my internal GPS, my internal North star, whatever it may be. This is how I want to feel all the time. So if I consume something that makes me feel outside of any of that, it automatically triggers a red flag. I'm immediately like, I do not accept that. And it can even be really small things. And for instance, and I've given this example before, but I don't remember how long ago, but I was looking at Instagram feeds of fit moms thinking that that was going to inspire me. But my internal voice kept saying like, well, why don't I look like that? Or I need to lose weight. All right. So I started doing comparisons, right? So because I become so aware that that's not how I wanted to feel inside, I started just flash on following everything that did not match my internal GPS. And about a few months later, this beautiful woman, fit mom, showed up on my Instagram. And my first thought was, she's really beautiful. And I was like, oh my God. Like I was able to catch that initial, look how I'm just getting so excited. I'm smacking my microphone. (laughs) I was able to catch that initial thought because I had done the work to make sure my internal desired state reflected a specific place. And that's why like if I get into an argument with someone, it bothers me so much because I'm like, what about this argument or this conflict or this is not sitting well within my desired internal state? Is it, has it triggered something or is it, is this a dirty place to to play? And I think that that's really so valuable to people when they start to think about their awareness. Because I think you have to have awareness in order to start changing those mental patterns and to change that, those neural pathways, right? You have to have some type of internal awareness. So like, if you were, like you said, to start checking with your soul and create, and I think creating almost like your own vision of what you want to experience, you're going to create that awareness by default. Like it's, it's going to start showing up. 
this is my this is my soapbox. I don't know. Yeah, I absolutely. Because if we're if we're pinged, let's just think about media. If we're constantly we're pinged ten thousand times with how wrong the world is, mm-hmm. all we're now all we have running in our loop is how wrong the world is. Mm-hmm. We don't have empowerment in there. Yeah. And then that keeps us in the spiral. So my logo is a unilum. It has the spiral, mm-hmm. the, the caught in the chaos, and then it goes into wandering, and then it goes into clarity. Until we remove those environmental pings, we can't go to the next step. We're caught in chaos. I So clarity is such a huge word, right? And I actually wrote it down when we started talking because I think that We are stuck in chaos, but we are also in a society, I believe, and in a thought process and in the media and in a system that likes us in chaos because we consume and we fight and we create agenda, right? And so I, I think that this place of clarity where all of a sudden we're consciously aware of the messages that we're receiving. And I feel like it's starting to happen. I feel like even though we have so much unrest right now, like we're at the, at the backdrop of a pandemic, we are now dealing with terrible riots across, you know, protests all about. Um, but we're actually seeing bigger agendas at play. We're seeing ugly forces come in. And I think that space of clarity, like if we could get move out of that space of chaos, and start to get clear, like, what does my internal guidance say? Right. And what do I need to do? And we've talked, I've had several conversations with people where we've talked about what are we doing in our homes and in our communities to make sure that as we are developing those internal guidance systems and getting clear on what we're receiving and what's true, we're also kind of taking care of the people around us. Yeah. I think, and I think it's hard. I think it's hard for, um, I think it's incredibly hard for empaths right now who don't understand the gift that they have, if they can get to that space, right? If they can, if they can recognize like, okay, I'm feeling everyone's, I'm feeling a collective conscious pain right now. That's one of the conversations I had to have with my daughter when she's like, why am I crying so much? Everything seems so hard. And we had to have a conversation like, well, what are you hearing? Well, I hear you and daddy talking about COVID. And I keep seeing all this stuff about how um, a black man was killed. And I keep seeing, and I keep seeing and I'm like, so not only are these not registering well with your internal system, but you're also probably feeling the pain of the people around you who are talking about them and having to walk her through that process and, and helping her understand, okay, what do you stand for? What are your values? What do you believe? And she gets kind of like, I have a stance because she's nine, you know, and that feels powerful, right? It feels powerful to be like, this is what I believe and this is my stance. And then I think it's, you know, kind of what she can do with that. But um, no, this is just a really fascinating conversation. I just kind of went all kind of, uh, this is, a, this, this is ugh, these are the conversations I like because they flow. And I think that they're very purposeful and very helpful. Um, I think from your perspective, like, what do you think that we could do right now? You know, that the, the entire platform is about making love go viral, right? The whole, whole point is how do we work on ourselves and then have that influence our communities? What are you doing and what do you think we can do as a society to make that happen? I think, well, I, I'm currently on my social media post doing the Fill Your Cup First series with, the, with my empath group. And if we are always running from a place of lack, operating in a place of lack, yeah, empaths are going to absorb. 
But if we fill our cup, if we fill it with self-care, if we fill it with appreciation, if we feel it with understanding and gratitude, you know, I, I know that sounds like they, we hear it all the time, but if we are breathing in the chaos around us and we are transmuting that to love and then swallowing that love, then our cup is overflowing with love, not overflowing with lack. Mm-hmm. And, and everything starts with us first. So if we are filling our cup and saying, I am empowered, I may only be empowered to impact two people. I'm empowered to impact two people. Their impact that impact two people. So then it helps our little ones because now they're not seeing us coming from a place of helplessness and um, chaos. They're seeing us recognize that we're pulling in our resources and we're strengthening what is immediately around us. I like that a lot. And so when we look at love being viral, we can literally make love viral. If we think of love, if we think at a, um, if we just think of the word love and not in a bless your heart sort of way, in a genuine, I, I wish to share love with you right now. Mm. And saying love to our friends, I love you. They, they seem like such simple little things, but they have energetic power. And if we can, what we see in the power of prayer, if someone in the United States can pray for someone ill in Australia, now space is not, space is not relevant. Time is not relevant. Us simply thinking the word love goes all around the world. It vibrates. It has the butterfly effect. I love that. I think it's, um, I don't know. I think it's, it's such a beautiful time to understand our power as individuals. Yeah. And I think that we've given a lot of that away across the board, but if we do it from a place of empowerment and love, um, that that's going to be, it is felt, it is felt even, I had a conversation last night and it was um, several white women and black women came together and we talked for two hours and there was a lot of crying and it was beautiful um, because it was it was um, the love that was felt through that that conversation has rippled out into Facebook posts today, into additional conversations in the community. Um, I think that is where we can be so incredibly valuable. So I think this is I, I'm I'm very appreciative of of what you just shared. Um, if anybody wants to hear more about um, what you're doing, where can they find you? They can go to the website or social media. The website is one in Prima, O-N-E, spelled the, the number one spelled out, oneimprima.com or at one.imprima on Facebook or Instagram. Beautiful. I want to thank you for having this conversation with me today. It lit me up. I was actually today coming into some of my conversations because of everything that's going on. Um, I was I was very like, should I do these? Should I? I'm sad. But um, I've noticed through the course of these conversations, um, this is what's needed, right? Conversations to help inspire other people. So um, thank you. And um, I hope you have a wonderful day. Yeah, I want to close you out. If I can close you out on a visual. Sure. So I want you to imagine our city streets, any city street in the United States, filled with protesters picketing the riot, right? We can feel that energy. Now imagine if every one of those signs had hearts on them and said, we love you. Mm -hmm. I love you. 
I love my neighbor. Same people, all holding the same signs, just change the words. Changing the words changes the feeling, changes the outcome. Words have power. They do have power. That's a very big visual. One of the things I did forget to mention to you, I was going to, is on the Live Pocket Coach for anyone who's watching or listening, we actually have a love visualization. Um, and then we have a meditation for peace. That that meditation really came through during kind of the coronavirus, COVID-19. Now that we have all of this happening um, across the country right now, I think going back to those visualizations and just spending some time in that space and making sure that when people are coming to you, you're holding that energy is incredibly valuable. So if you are, if you're an Apple user, please download the app and, and check out that love visualization. Um, I think it's very powerful. So thank you. Thanks, Jeanette. Of course. Thank you so much for joining the conversation today. I love Annie's reminder to fill our cup first so we can overflow with love, creating a ripple effect to make love go viral across the globe. You can find Annie online at oneimprima.com and on Instagram at one.mprima. As always, please subscribe, leave a review, and don't forget to share with your friends. We are always interested in content that uplifts, so if you have ideas, we'd love to hear from you. Email us at dearlive at loveisviral.com. You can also find us on Instagram at loveisviral.media or visit our website at loveisviral.com. Apple users, don't forget to give the Live Pocket Coach a try by downloading it for free for seven days.